Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Step aside, Miss Buttercup. It's, it's time, time to, to wrap this mother up. up. <laughs> I couldn't remember it. Really? I'm Dustin Harder, and this is Keep On Cooking. Hello there, and welcome to Keep On Cooking, the podcast dedicated to plant-based cookbooks and learning more about the authors who wrote those cookbooks. I'm your host, Dustin Harder, and I'm so glad you are here listening today. As always, I'm here with my husband and the producer of the podcast, David Rossetti. Say hello, Mr. Rossetti. Hello, Mr. Rossetti. Hi. It's me. Hi. So listen, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing? You know, I'm hanging in. We're still yeah. in this pandemic. We're sure. day by day. Day by day. We don't have the rights. Don't say oh, all that's thing. it. That's all. That's all that we're cleared for. Um, yeah. I mean, day by day, I'm going into work every day. You yep. know this. Um, and you actually I'm had a couple days retail. off. I yeah. had three days. Uh, I had three days off. It was glorious. Yes. Um, a lot of stuff on the to-do list, but it was nice to kind of be yeah, I was on my gonna say, schedule. I feel like, my love, you never have a day off. I just watch you go, go, mm. go, go, go. That is the the New York hustle that is still living on in my veins. Yep, we moved to Georgia. Atlanta yet. You can take the boys out of New York, but you can't take the New York hustle out of the boys, let oh. me tell you, because we just can't stop. We, can't stop. Like, can't just, stop, won't stop keep pushing ourselves up against walls and creating more things for us to do, including this pod. Speaking of, which we love. Hello, a podcast as I stare at this equipment that has been purchased in these little squiggly lines. He's a tech wizard. I didn't know. I'm I'm a little bit of a self-professed like computer nerd, so like this stuff is up my alley. It can frustrate the beep out of me, but like um I do kind of enjoy the the kind of science behind it. As I push up my glasses, <laughs> I like science. By the way, please wear your masks and please believe in science. Mask. Thank you. And believe in science. And hey, listen, David, I'm grateful for you because because of you. Me? Because because. Me? Because because of one of the things you does. Um, because of you, um, we're able to do this podcast because you are good at reading manuals and hooking equipment up. And everyone should know that that's something I am terrible at. And thanks to you. Oh, you look like you want to say something about that. What do you got to <laughs> say? <laughs> I ain't got nothing, but um, Dustin will just turn on the mic and be like, why is it working? It's not working. I don't see lines. I don't see what's happening. He's pushing no buttons besides the microphone turning on, and he's out. But we all have our strengths, you know? He's written three cookbooks. I do not know if I I certainly do know how to to work a stove, and I know how to work um, Google Docs. And you do know how to look in our fridge and make something that I could never... Like, I'm always looking at the fridge and like, there's nothing in here. Like, we are going to starve. I, <laughs> and he's like, a bloop, 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 a bloop, bloop, bloop. and like, it's like a three course meal. Oh my gosh. Well, it's also just because I'm, I want to eat everything all the sure. time. I was just thinking mm-hmm. back though to you saying if I plug the microphone in and it doesn't work, I, I expect everything. Maybe that's something we learn as kids because I'm thinking of that Oshkosh mic right now. Do you know what I'm talking about? The kid when you had the thing and you just press on and guess sure. what? It works. What's so wrong with that? Why can't we streamline this is what I'm saying. Because they also didn't have Oshkosh GarageBand. So 
<laughs> that hadn't been invented yet. So, well, what I was saying was, is I'm grateful for you, and I believe uh, mm-hmm. our listeners, dear listeners, are as well because of you, we're able to do this podcast. And today we have one heck of a guest on, uh, Tracy McQuarter. She's the author of "By Any Greens Necessary." Uh, which is such a great title. Oh, I love that title. Um, like, so fun. And uh, re- and we learn more about the title in the interview, too, which is great. And it's a revolutionary guide for black women who want to eat great, get healthy, lose weight, and look fat with a PH. And also the book Ageless Vegan that she co-authored with her mother, Mary McWhorter, which is so such a cool cute. story. Well, yeah. such a, so cute. And Tracy has been vegan for 33 years and has been committed to teaching people how to be vegan and truly loves it. You can hear it when she speaks. She has numerous awards and accolades including her book ageless vegan receiving starred review by library journal which stated the book raised the standard of plant-based cuisine yeah and was twice the number one bestseller in vegan cookbooks on amazon uh and 2018 and 2020 she's been featured in several documentaries and is a seasoned speaker she co-founded the black vegetarian society of new york in 2002 and co-created one of the earliest vegan websites which was also the first vegan website by and for african-americans blackvegetarians.com in 1997 wow. yeah i know i mean really wow she's been she has been doing it she has been on this hustle um she co-founded an animal rights organization for people of color justice for all species in 2000 and when she was in college she co-founded we feed our people a 32-year nonprofit that organizes the now largest martin luther king jr holiday day of service event in washington dc providing food and services to unhoused residents from 1988 to the present i'm i'm always in awe of people who are kind of like double activists i I mean you know like one thing is enough but she's wearing lots of hats lots of hats helping lots of different people Mm -hmm. empowering people empowering like it's i'm just fascinated by that i think that's it's so commendable and and just so cool well and she's really and, and got, for doing it so long for doing it so long and right now she's got a really cool uh program called the 10,000 vegan black women program which you're going to learn more about in the interview so um stay tuned listen for that in short she's a best-selling author award-winning public health nutritionist and vegan trailblazer but her accomplishments should never be shortened because she works hard honey so let's get right to it this is tracy mcquarter <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I'm so grateful to have you on today and for taking the time. Our icebreaker question, we'll get to it. Who has been a hero or inspiration to you recently and why? Uh, Recently? Wow. I would have to say my mom. Fantastic. Uh, That's not recent. That's ongoing. (laughs) But definitely my mom. She just turned 84 uh, two days ago. And, you know, she went vegan with me 33 years ago still vegan, still healthy, still active, still fit, still fierce. I so. love that. And happy birthday, mom. And honestly, so she wrote Ageless Vegan with you, correct? It's Mary McWhorter? Yes. Fantastic. And in her bio in that, it's like, she's working out. I mean, it's inspiring to me. I read the bio and I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I need to get to the gym one more day a week because Mary is right. on it. <laughs> exactly. Ooh. I mean, she's really she's twice a day, six days a week 
before COVID and after, and during COVID, you know, her senior center went online with their classes. So she's still doing it. Oh, good for her and good for going online. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, I yeah, love seeing definitely. everybody do that. My inspiration recently is actually my husband who was just on here. Everybody listeners, he was helping us with the uh, the tech stuff. I'm very bad at it. But he was helping. I couldn't hear Tracy. Tracy couldn't hear me, but we're, we're rolling <laughs> along now. But um, he's been inspiring to me lately because he works in the arts. And he's been speaking of the online stuff during COVID, like just getting out there doing youth arts camps online and everything, which is so sure. important right now and teaching the youth. Yeah. So it's been so... Um, just amazing to watch him go and find resourceful ways to sort of educate even as we're in the midst of all this. But um, yeah, I love it. Well, mom, that's great because mom ties into this book we're going to talk about later today. So I love that she's your inspiration. Thank you. Well, this is a cookbook podcast, but you, my dear, are vegan legend. Okay. So there's much more happening in your world than cookbooks. In the intro before this, um, I spoke about uh, all the many accolades and achievements you have, but to summarize, uh, you're a 33-year vegan, best-selling author, and award-winning public health nutritionist. People can certainly find out more at buyanygreensnecessary.com, but before we jump into books, I want to talk about something very important you have going on right now, and that's the 10,000 Black Vegan Women Program. Can you tell us about it? Yes. um, Thank you for all of that, too. I I created the 10,000 Black Vegan Women Program because I was actually... This year, 2020, I'm celebrating the 10-year anniversary of my first book, By Any Greens Necessary. Yes, congratulations. Happy anniversary. Thank you. And that one was the first vegan diet book uh, for Black women. Very influential, I'm I'm proud to say, um, over the last 10 years. And so I wanted to do something really fun and bold to kind of commemorate that. So I came up with the idea of helping 10,000 Black women go vegan in one year um, because, you know, it's urgent. Um, Absolutely. It, and, you know, it would, and it's something that I thought would, you know, kind of be a, a challenging but doable, you know, kind of I wanted to level up uh, um, in one year and just see what's possible. And obviously this was before COVID. So I soft launched it in February thinking that we would officially launch in May. So I uh, actually postponed the official start until October. But in the meantime, um, when folks sign up, they get a weekly email and they also get to download a a 14-page weekend vegan two-day guide so they can go vegan right away. Yes. And and all of that. So right now we have 7,000 women who have signed up. Oh, my gosh. So you're almost there. This is amazing. Absolutely. And so they get that when they sign up. Now, what happens in October then? So in October, we start going vegan together as an online community for 21 days in October, 21 days in November, 21 days in December. Great. So we have a meal plan. We have cooking videos, um, daily inspirational emails from me. We have weekly Q&A webinars. So all of, and you know, and obviously a, a Facebook online group. So support groups. And so, so that is creating a community too. I mean, that's sort of the yeah. hardest thing when people go vegan. Sometimes they feel so alone because their whole family's not doing it or something. Um, so to have this sort of support system is, is really what helps people. Yeah. I, I mean, to me, this is the most important part. I mean, you know, for folks to have a community, 
um, to, you know, just the like-minded folks and, and folks in the community, folks who've signed up, women who signed up are vegan, uh, vegan curious, you know, non-vegan. I love it. Um, we have a range of folks. So I'm really looking to the group to help each other out, you know, not just to rely on, on my, uh, you know, on my experience, but I really want us to share and, and support each other. So yeah, I'm excited about it. That's great too. It's that like-minded moment of being like, oh, well, I tried all these like vegan cheeses and they were terrible. And then someone can right. jump in and be like, I couldn't stand them either, but I found this one and it's amazing. You know, that sort of like camaraderie that helps people keep it on, I think. And where can people sign up for the program? They can go to 10,000blackveganwomen.com. I love that. Great. Well, we're going to circle back to it at the end to remind people. Um, and it's so important. You've been such a trailblazer, really teaching people not just how to go vegan for life, but from what I've read about you and reading your book and, and looking at your website, this is something that you actually truly find joy in. So that's always, to me, that always resonates. And, and I, I sort of gravitate towards people where I'm like, oh, it's not just like they're teaching it, like they actually enjoy this way of life themselves, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I, I definitely get that from you too. And from watching your, um, you know, your videos, your travel videos, I mean, there's a lot of fun that you have with it. And I think that, and I do too, I wouldn't actually be able to do it if I didn't enjoy it. And I mean, yeah, I consider myself an activist. There's a lot of social justice work. Obviously, all of these things are connected for me, the way that I learned it, the way that I teach it. And overall, um, it's just a, you know, I find joy and freedom in it. I don't, I don't, you know, kind of believe in this notion of veganism as a chore, as lack, as de- as deprivation. I never have. Um, it's just opened up a world for me, you know, 33 years ago and has continued to be that way. There's no kind of disconnect with other aspects of my life. It's, so it's one of my favorite things that you said is is freedom. I, I think I read that on your website or maybe in the book that it's yeah. not about deprivation. It's giving you this sense of freedom. And I really love that. Thank you. I mean, that's really, it's really true for me. I mean, uh, just, just, um, I have an expectation that I will be healthy for the rest of my life. I mean, there's no, it's, you know, it's not a get out of disease free card, but it is our best, one of our best ways to live a healthy disease free life. Um, and it also helps other people and around the world in terms of, you know, um, minimizing global hunger, sure. um, animals, it helps the planet. So it's a win, win, win for so many reasons. And, you know, I don't, there's no guilt there. So that's part of the, you know, there's a health freedom, there's a personal freedom and, uh, it just allows me to incorporate so many aspects of my life. Like I love fashion. I love design. I'm an activist, you know, all of these things that might be, you know, kind of in contradiction. There's no contradiction in terms of, of doing that from a vegan lens. Absolutely. I love that you list you list all of these positive attributes. And it's funny when, when I mean, because we forget, I think, being vegan and doing all the things we do. Some people really just, it's, it's and we, I, at least I have to remind myself to be like, oh, no, that person really, this is like brand, brand new to them, you know? And they'll be like, right. well, I don't get it. Why? And it's like, oh, the, just the list of reasons is endless. Like, you know, like the joy that, that comes from it and the positive things you can do for the world and for yourself. It's amazing. 
Yeah, it's true. And I think that that attitude um, as a foundation is really, uh, it translates for people. It also gives you a sense of ease because, you know, of course there are challenges to transitioning, there are challenges to living in a meat and dairy-based society, but just in general, um, there's an ease and there's a confidence that comes. And so I'm not, uh, I don't have to be as self-righteous and and kind of evangelistic as I started. I know what I'm doing. I know why it's important and I'm sharing the information and, you know, that's all I can really do. I'm passionate about sharing it, but, you know, to other adults, it's just informing folks, letting folks know that there's another way. And then, uh, they can do what they want. You know what I mean? So I release it. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you don't hold on to that responsibility. Like people will make exactly. choices um, on their own. And, and that's right. sort of, you're offering the, the, the ability for them to have resources and tools when they make the choices. Um, right. And exactly. I want to dig back before we get into the books, you're based in DC. Is that right? Did you grow up there as well? Yes, I did. And, and I am still. And you're still in DC and was cooking a part of your childhood? Absolutely. I don't remember ever not cooking. (laughs) (laughs) Of three girls, um, where and my mom uh, was divorced. You know, uh, a divorced mom of three, and so you know, and she was working, and so my oldest sister is five years older than me. The middle one is 14 months older than me. So we're close in age. And so, you know, we cooked dinner. Dinner was ready when she got home. Right. And so, um, and yes, it was, and back in the mid sixties, uh, seventies and early eighties, when I was growing up, you know, you cooked from scratch all, or, you know, most people cook from scratch. We certainly did. We didn't eat out often often, maybe once a week. And my mother was health conscious as an omnivore. So um, even when we did have desserts, we cooked, you know, we baked it. So yes, right. I love always have cooked. I love that. I feel like the 80s was when there was a huge shift in terms of the food system. That's when it became like more, better, faster, you know, the bigger quantity mm-hmm. and all that stuff like that. So it's interesting you say 60s, 70s, early 80s, because the I just look, you know, looking at our food system, everyone was just trying to mass produce then. And, and you know, yeah. the world of marketing became crazy with food. But anyway, that's a whole nother story. Veganism <laughs> first came into your life in 1986 at Amherst College when attending a talk by Dick Gregory addressing the state of Black America that shifted into the plate of Black America. Tell us more about that moment for you, his talk and the effect it had on you. Well, yes, our Black Student Union brought him to campus um, and we knew him as a civil rights, you know, icon, comedic genius and a human rights activist. We did not know that he was vegan and had been vegan for 20 years at that point. Um, And that's because he extended the practice of nonviolence during the civil rights movement to include animals um, in 1965. And he was still, you know, he was a right hand person to King, very involved in the movement. And but he was still a self-professed overeater, uh, excessive drinker and smoker. And it was two years later in 1967 that he was introduced to veganism for health reasons by a woman named Dr. Alvinia Fulton, who was a naturopathic physician who opened the first vegan establishment on the south side of Chicago in 1958. Wow. She introduced him to veganism. He, uh, she helped him go on his first fast. 
And that changed everything. That was the evolution for him. So he had been vegan since 67. So by the time he came to my campus in 86, 20 years as a vegan, he had this vegan mini empire. He was, you know, selling the Dick Dick Gregory Bahamian diet drink. He had written, (laughs) um, yeah, he had written um, Cooking with Mother Nature with Dr. Alvina Fulton uh, in the 70s. And that was like an instant classic. Um, So he, you know, this is what he was doing, going around the college campuses, talking to young people about why they should go vegan. And we didn't know that. And so what really got me about his talk was that he traced the path of a hamburger from a cow on a factory farm through the slaughterhouse process to a fast food restaurant, to a clogged artery, to a heart attack. And I ate hamburgers, hot dogs, pizza every day. Like I never... I gained 25 pounds my first year because I was away from home and didn't have to eat all the healthy stuff. So you can imagine that his talk was just, just blew my mind. He was making all of these connections about why we eat the way we eat as black folks in particular. Um, I mean, he was talking about the USDA. He was talking about the food industry. He was talking about culture. He was talking about social justice. All of these things that I didn't know anything about that had anything to do with food. And I was going through a paradigm shift myself, taking all these classes about racism and sexism and classism and homophobia, all of these isms and things that I was either learning about for the first time or learning about more deeply. And so I was open to to questioning my food, right? And so I just remember sitting there after the lecture and uh, just being stunned. And so I immediately gave up hamburgers and hot dogs for a week. And then I was like, you know what? Dick Gregory's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody can do this. (sighs) So I went back to eating the, the hamburgers and hot dogs and all the meat and stuff, but I couldn't get what he said out of my mind. So I just read about it. Yep. And this, Years before the internet, when you had to go to the library. So, get out the encyclopedia. I, yes, yes, literally. And there were, there were books, you know, written, obviously not as many as now. Um, but so I read what was in our library on campus. And then when I came home for the summer, I read what was available in the DC public libraries and, and uh, the Library of Congress. And my mom and my sister read the same books. And so, by the end of the summer, you know, I decided what he said was true and I went vegetarian and so did um, one of my sisters and my mom. But then I took my junior year away. I went to Kenya for the first semester and couldn't be vegetarian there. But um, we had two incidents on uh, safari, two things that happened with animals up close and personal, seeing one being born, seeing oh. one when being killed oh. and eating it. Um, you know, so it was a beautiful, beautiful experience, you know, as a, as a young person going to Kenya for the semester sure. with 29 students and, and being able to be on safari for two weeks, but the notion and studying animals in their own environment, in their domain. But then at that, at that time, they allowed people to kill the animals and have them serve. And so, um, you know, when that happened, that's when I decided, you know, I will never eat another animal again. So I came home 
I went to Howard uh, in DC for the second semester and I was walking back and forth to campus and there was a black vegan community right up the street from Howard that had started the very first 100% vegan establishments in the city. In the, starting in the 70s, there were at that time about 12, of, 12 or 13 of them. Um, and, you know, I knew nothing about this community, just kind of stumbled on it. And so I immersed myself in it. My mom did for that semester and then the summer. So I had nine good months of learning everything about veganism. And this is a black community in a low income to middle income uh, neighborhood. You know, and, and there were these vegan establishments, health food stores, carryouts, bakeries. Nice. Um, you know, just throughout, just in this community and throughout the city. And so, the, you know, soul food restaurants. They were you searching food. for them or did you sort of stumble upon no, them at I that time? Stumbled, like literally walking back and forth from home. I, li- I live about um, 10 minutes away from Howard. Um, you know, growing up and uh, by car. So, you know, whatever, 20, 25 minute walk. And so I just happened to, you know, see soul vegetarian restaurant, you know, to see um, everlasting life. I happened to see house of knowledge. I happened to see blue Nile. I mean, and later there were two raw food vegan restaurants. I mean, a bakery. So that's amazing. Yeah. And so I, you know, I just, you know, and again, they were bringing um, vegan folks from around the country to these cafes or to Howard to lecture. Um, They were having in-person cooking classes from folks from all over the country. So it was just heaven, you know, like this is how I learned to be vegan. So everything that Dick Gregory taught at the, during the lecture, everything I was reading about, I was actually able to put into practice in my own hometown, in my own community. And so this is for nine months. And so this was how I learned how to be vegan. So by the time I went back to Amherst, um, I, you know, just got off of the meal plan and cooked my own food sure. in the Charles where I lived. And, um, it took me about that whole senior year to let go of cheese. But um, yeah, <laughs> what happened for me? I mean, letting go of cheese because what, 86, 87 then? This is 87. I mean, come on. That's, yeah, that's, that's very, you know, the cheese is always the one thing. Cheese pizza was the thing for me when I, that was the last thing I let go. And I was living in New York. So it was just like, oh, you know, get a slice. So that was like the hardest thing. Well, now what advice you talk about, you know, burgers, hot dogs, that's what you ate. And then that first week you, you didn't eat any of it, but you couldn't get it out of your brain. Um, uh, Mm -hmm. what he had said, what advice would you give someone just starting out who, or who's curious about veganism? Well, right. So it depends on, you know, how they want to do it. But, you know, there are these bridge foods out here and I definitely ate a lot. That's what I call them. You know, the vegan meats and and, uh, all those things, the cheeses. Um, I definitely wanted the same taste and texture of meat and dairy. And so I ate those at first a lot. And so if if that is helpful, then I would say go that route. There are obviously so many more um, types of foods like this available. I mean, they're still processed. They're healthier. Um, and you know, they can be a great bridge to help people get started. Um, but then there's some folks who don't need that. They just want like food plant-based meals. And so I would say, 
um, get to Googling, you know? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I always tell people, I'm like, I'm like, you have a world of knowledge at your fingertips with that Google. It's so much easier now. I mean, you really can find your, you know, find your community, find your favorites, um, folks to follow and um, get cookbooks. I think cookbooks, you know, are amazing. Just be, it's just like any other book. They're just there. You know what I mean? Even if you um, are just reading through them and you never make a recipe, it all is working in concert in your brain to help you go vegan and stay vegan and give you inspiration. Absolutely. And most of, most of the vegan cookbooks are packed full of so much more than just recipes these days. You know, yeah. it's, it's everyone's story is always so helpful, I think, to anyone just starting out in veganism, because it, usually there's a piece of someone's story that resonates with somebody who's just getting interested in it. Um, and most anyone who writes a vegan book these days, they're telling their story of how it happened for them for that reason, so people can connect. Um, speaking of books, your first vegan book by any greens necessary is the very first vegan guide as we discussed earlier geared towards african-american women um actually the full title is by any greens necessary a revolutionary guide for black women who want to eat great get healthy lose weight and look fat with a ph um this book is cited (laughs) by the new york times as a key reason for the popular rise in veganism among african-americans during the last decade so tell us about writing this book and Maybe give us a little glimpse into what a few recipes look like in uh, By Any Greens Necessary. Sure. So I um, wrote the book in 2010 because writing is my first love. So I'm always going to be writing something. And I knew I wanted to write uh, a book about veganism. And so Toni Morrison said, you know, if there's a book you want to read that hasn't been written yet, then you must write it. Yes. Yeah. And so I know that when I went vegan, when I started going vegan in the eighties, I would have loved for there to be a book like this that, you know, that, you know, existed. Sure. And even in the, 90s, um, in the early two thousands, there weren't that many books directed towards black people, black women. I mean, there were lots of books that were directed towards white, white women by default. Right. Um, Skinny bitch being one of the, you know, one of the ones that broke out early. Sure. Um, And, you know, so I wanted there to be something that was specifically for black women that was that was culturally um, resonant. And so that's why I wrote the book, because it's something that I would have wanted. And I came up with the name of it because I wanted something that was that was black and clever and urgent. And so I, I just started looking up famous black quotes and, uh, you know, came upon by any means necessary, again, you know, either originated from or popularized by Malcolm X, either, either of those, but it's attributed to him. And so when I saw by any means necessary, I was like, that's it. I love it. I love this title. I think it's so good. So yeah, so so that's why I wrote it. Um, Sister Vegan came out by Dr. Breeze Harper a few months before, and that was a collection of essays by Black vegan women. So there was her book and then mine, which was actually, you know, a diet book, a cookbook, a, a how and why too. So they really are the two books that kind of laid the foundation um, for this for this popular rise over the last decade. So I'm, I'm you know, we're, we're, I'm really proud of that. I know she is too. And one of the most popular recipes in the book is my um, uh, kale salad, all hail the kale salad. And uh, which is, you know, great because it's a book about 
with greens in the title. Right. Um, so I, you know, that had become my signature dish. And um, so what's think- in what's in the all hail the kale salad? <laughs> Um, it is, uh, there's kale. I've updated it actually. I was like, do you love this? I'm asking, I'm I'm like, dig back in that memory bank from 2000. (laughs) I love it when people are like, well, what's in that recipe? And I'm like, are you serious right now? I know, but I still (laughs) like it all the time. So, you know, but I, I vary it now. Like I was using Bragg's back then, um, liquid aminos. I don't use that anymore. I use like lemon or, or sea salt or some olive oil or, um, apple cider vinegar, or some lime juice, um, nutritional yeast, mm-hmm. um, seasonings, avocado, pecans, shredded carrots, uh, olive, col- black Kalamata olives. Um, yeah. So I it, want you it know, right and, now it sounds perfect. It's really, good. it's really delish. Yeah. What's a couple so, other, you don't have to give me the recipes, but what's a couple other of your favorite recipes from by any greens necessary from by, from by any greens necessary. Yeah. Um, the, the strawberry cheesecake, mm. definitely. Uh, the, it's a raw strawberry cheesecake, which I love, love, love. Cheesecake Her. was my favorite things to eat before I was vegan. I so. wish you were in, I'm in, um, so I'm in Atlanta now and I'm the head of development okay. for Arden's Garden, a company here, but we've got a strawberry rhubarb cheesecake we did for the summer, a raw <laughs> one. It's so good. I wish I could send it to you. Oh, I wish you could. Well, so what's That's- your base of that strawberry cheesecake then in there? Cashews. Delicious. Cashews. Delicious. All yeah. right. What's another one from by any greens necessary? Um, another one would be probably the um uh two the skewers, the veggie skewers uh, or the kebabs. Mm-hmm. Um I love a good grilled kebab for the summer. Me too. Um yeah, I mean this is just such a great way to get fresh fruits and vegetables, your colors. Um and such so, a good yeah. flavor if you're grilling them too, so tasty. Yeah, definitely. So some of so those were some that we, you know, kind of updated and carried over to to Ageless Vegan. Also. Oh good. So we did we did a few little updates and brought some stuff over to Ageless Vegan. Yeah, definitely. That's great. Mm-hmm. So well then we move forward into your next book, which is your current release. It came out in 2018, Ageless Vegan, The Secret to Living a Long and Healthy Plant-Based Life, um, of which you're featured on the cover and absolutely stunning, I must say. Um, Thank you. Yes, you have a very infectious smile. I um when I when I first got this book, I was like, Oh, she's gorgeous. Um yeah. and when I was looking at this book, um, or, or researching stuff for the interview. Um, and then I looked at the dedication. I was so moved. Uh, you dedicated it to Dick Gregory. And it says, thank you, Dick Gregory. Your legacy lives on. Um, and I, I feel like that brings this sort of like a full circle moment, which I thought was really cool. Um, and you also say this book is a celebration, a toast to 30 years of being healthy, vibrant vegans and loving it. And I just love that. And, I, I, and you know, you and your mom together on this book, it just seemed, it seemed like that, like a celebration. It seems like it's, you know, just this 30 years, like that's impressive. And you have your family involved and you've been sharing everything, you know, with everyone and to sort of have this book as a celebration piece for that. I feel like that must be so special. Yes, it really, it really was. I mean, I, um, my mom and I had so much fun creating the recipes for this book. And I, I, you know, it's a hundred whole food plant-based recipes. And um, most of 
you know, most of them are ones that we've been eating over the years. And of course, you know, we cook all the time. We don't measure. So that was Of course, that's the hardest part with the book, right? (laughs) You're like, oh my gosh, now I've got to do this like 10 times and measure it all and like make sure it's okay for everyone else. So much work. I mean, we had help. We, you know, I had a recipe developer help. All of that. But still, it's a lot of work. But it was it was fun. We were in my mom's kitchen. She's in the same house we grew up in. Oh. And we were playing Motown and just, you know, making recipes for I mom. I love it. Hey. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And one of the one of the the, the favorites is our um, perfect pecan pie. Okay. That looks amazing. Yeah. My mother's, one of my mother's um, favorite desserts growing up, she's from Camden, South Carolina, is pecan pie that her mom made. And so she adapted it to, she veganized it for the book. So yeah, there's, there's definitely that love in there and that nostalgia. But, um, you know, my mom was really reluctant to, to do a book with me because she's like, oh, nobody wants to hear my story. Like she literally said that. And I was just like, you know, um, Mom, you are <laughs> 80. She was, you know, she's 81 or 82 at the time. I was like, you know, and you're fit, you're fabulous. The world needs to know about you. 110%. And, um, Please tell your mother I said thank you because I'm so <laughs> glad she did it. It's just really great to see pictures of the both of you in here and, and her story is fantastic. But, anyways, I cut you off. I just wanted to say, yes, I agree. Please send my love to Mary. Continue. I will. Thank you. I really, you know, I really, really wanted her to be on the cover. Um, and you know, one of those fabulous photos of us in there, but I didn't, you know, for whatever reason, they didn't choose to do that. Um, so that's the only thing, I mean, the, the book is doing really well, but that's the really the only thing that I wish had been different that, you know, um, I get that. That's always the hard thing. You know, it's funny. People say, oh, they'll critique your book and say, oh, well, you should have done this or that. And I was like, honey, if the choice were all up to me, there's a lot would have could have should on this. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't self-published. So, you know, you know there, I will say though, on the back, there is a beautiful picture of you and your mother. What a great photo. Uh, and through, and, and throughout the book. Throughout so, as well. You know, yes. Oh, right. When you open the back too, right there too, we've got one though. She's got yeah. the beautiful smile too. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I see. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, I, you know, I wanted to do this, this, um, to celebrate this 30 years with my mom and, and my sister who, who has also been vegan. Um, my sister Maria, the same time, you know, as long as, um, we all did it together. So as long as we have, we in the early eighties and early nineties, um, were kind of vegan partners in crime. We were doing everything together. I and love this, it. We started this website, blackvegetarians.com in 96, 97. It was, it was the first vegan website um, by and for African-Americans, but also one of the first vegan websites ever. I think there were only four other ones at the time. And so we spent years working together. And my sister is an historian. And so she has this whole other career. I had a whole other career as a museum director um, when I first, my first 10 years after college, wow. and then I decided to pursue public health nutrition as a profession. So, um, you know, I wanted, so for this second book, I wanted to really, um, 
you know, celebrate with my mom as well. So, well, and you said sister, do you have more than one sister or is it? Yes. Two older sisters. So now my question is, cause I read that in the book, it said my, my one sister, my mother has the other sister gotten on the vegan bandwagon or no, no, she's not vegan. My oldest sister. (laughs) Nope. It's so interesting vegan. to me because I, I would imagine when you guys all get together, you're eating vegan. Does she eat? Does she like the food that you guys make? She she eats. Um, no, I mean, the food she does, but she's not, you know, she's not interested in being a vegan, but she is extremely supportive. Wonderful. Like. You know what I mean? I do. I do. I totally do. None of my my family's not vegan at all. And I've been doing this 10 years now and they they love the food and they eat it and they support me. But, you know, eh. yeah. And I think that the the lesson that I that we got out of that early on is that um, it's not, you know, everyone is not going to do it. Everyone is not going to make the same choice. And in an immediate family, how do you how do you deal with that? Right. So we had to kind of, um, you know, kind of figure that out so that everybody, so that we're still, um, supportive and loving of each other. So every single thing, every single vegan thing that I have done that my, my, with my sister, my other sister, Maria and my mom, she has been to, she has, she even went on as, you know, when we started our book tour for the second book she came to LA with us and kind of you know helped organize things That's great so live extremely supportive just personally not her choice and so we just kind of had to learn how to navigate that sure. and, and you know and I think that's been really helpful in my my not being self-righteous about it, being passionate about it, but also understanding that not everybody's going to make the choice. Well, and that sort of moment where you go, well, I, I'm going to do what I, I'm doing and I'm going to stay in my lane. And that that's where we are. My husband, even right. he's, we've been together eight years. And I think just this last year, he's uh, last two years, he's fully gone vegan. But even then he just doesn't like having the label on him you know, mm-hmm. um, which I get, I think if I weren't doing the books and the show and all that, I probably, I, I wouldn't be so focused on being a vegan. You know what I mean? Um, I would be vegan, but I just mean, I wouldn't be like, yes, I'm vegan. And this is that. And this is that it would just be exactly. part of me, exactly. you know? Um, I understand. so yeah, it's interesting to see how the people around us and, you know, everyone sort of navigates it together, but it, it's good to hear that she's so supportive. I do love that. Um, and now I'm curious, I, I love to ask this question of my guest. What was the first vegan cookbook that you ever owned? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, gosh, the first vegan cookbook I ever owned, I can't remember. But I know <laughs> it was probably... It was probably Cooking with Mother Nature, Dick Gregory's book. I was just going to say, because I wrote that down, because when you said that, I love that title. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that that because it came out I think in '73. I'm sure that like I that was the first one, um, or one of the first ones that I got. But I got all of the ones that were available at the time that you could buy. Like we, um, you know, so there was um, Gary Knoll had cookbooks, Michael Clapper um, had cookbooks, the the Diamonds um, had cookbooks. So. The uh, the Jethro Kloss, I think, Back to Eden. I mean, you know, whatever you could buy, we bought them. 
So you guys had your, you started your own little library. I love it. Yeah. But we're book people, you know what sure, I mean? So sure. We were, that we were going to, we, we went to the library, read what we wanted to read and then decided, you know, to buy based on that. So, yeah. Well, that's and- an excellent question <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite question to ask because i have my first um it's by alicia your- uh, uh it's, it's called uh vegan comfort foods by alicia simpson and um it's it's like the pages are falling out and i had to buy yeah. a second copy you know so i'm always just curious what that was for everyone else especially in the vegan world because i can see for me it was like you know I, it resonated for me that it was comfort food you know so i'm always curious where it mm-hmm. is in everyone else's world um you're you're listing people I've never heard of that I'm gonna I'm gonna look a bunch of stuff up now. I'm so fascinated by what was happening in the eighties with this and and talking to you about it and just sort of learning who was putting books out and what was happening. Cause again, like you said, no internet, like finding it, you know, mm-hmm. it was like going to the bookstore, going to the library and sort of I feel like crossing your fingers and hoping that information is there to find, you know? Yeah, exactly. And and again, fortunately there were you know, there were books out, people, people were writing books. And, um, you know, I, I um, call myself a trailblazer, you know, I have, I have um, self proclaimed that others have, have said that about uh, me. Because and, and it's I'm, true, though. Um, I'm, I'm really proud of that. And I just am bringing that up to say that uh, there was there that community in DC that I was talking about. I mean, some of those folks had been vegan since the fifties or before. Amazing. So, you know, so they had, they, they had, they were the trailblazers for me. They had been doing the work. So yeah. I just kind of dropped in literally to, to soak up their knowledge. And so, um, yeah, there were there were so many resources available to me that it wasn't hard to find, you know, this information. I love that. Well, and in Ageless Vegan, the approach here is straightforward. Uh, you're offering up recipes for mainstream foods everyone loves, like the pecan pie we talked about, French toast, crispy tofu bites, uh, sweet potato fries, mm-hmm. herb potato salad, and enchiladas. Uh, the only twist in your book, Ageless Vegan, is that the ingredients are free of processed foods, refined grains, and white sugars. And I got to tell you, last night I made the mac and cheese, and I made the peach cobbler, and I made the maple pecan ice cream. Uh, Look at you. Yeah, last night I really dove into your book. And the thing I loved about all three of these recipes is that they really were simple to execute, which I think is half of the hesitation on people when they get into vegan cooking. They're like, oh, I'm gonna have to buy this and do that and all these strange new things. And like, I had everything in my pantry. Like I literally had everything I needed. Um, And I actually had some fresh Georgia peaches for the peach cobbler too, uh, that I needed to use up. So it was perfect and the mac and cheese was cheesy and flavorful and i like to consider myself a bit of a mac and cheese connoisseur um (laughs) but i did want to stress to people here that these recipes were truly easy um and and like just it things i had on hand and fairly inexpensive as well which is um you know a hurdle we're trying to get over uh we want to bust that myth that being veganism is expensive and this book truly makes things accessible what are a few of your favorite items from Ageless Vegan. Um, so thank you for saying all of that. Oh, yeah. my, uh, one of my favorites is the, um, the eggplant dish, um, the eggplants with um, dates and cashews. I believe it's called, where is my book? I'm looking it up right now. Let's see here. I see basil eggplant. Spicy um, bagel with dates, cashews, and brown rice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yes, with the almond butter sauce. And I love that dish. And actually, I, yeah, I I needed um, a a recipe. Another recipe didn't work out. And so I was like, ah, I need another eggplant recipe. (laughs) (laughs) And there it was. And this was your, see, this is your little miracle then. I don't even, I've been trying to get more and more into eggplant. So I'm actually going to try this one because it's oh, the, yeah. the one thing that I'm like, Ugh. Oh, I love it. And, and uh, this is the one actually that the Washington Post uses in their review. Oh, I love it. Um, yeah. How so funny it, then that it was that little recipe you squeezed in, right? Exactly. That's how it, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. Um, and, uh, um, Gosh, so I so I make that one all the time. Um, the peanut brittle, that was one that the recipe developer came up with, and I love brittle, but I but I had never, you know, made it from scratch, and so I didn't know what to do. And uh, so she, you know, I just told her the ingredients that I wanted in it. And so she came up with that recipe and, um, you know, we kind of tweaked it with the recipe testers. Oh my gosh. One of my favorites. That what is, is it called? Just peanut brittle? I'm trying to look it up right now and I can't. It's macadamia. Um, oh, okay. So it'll be under that. Macadamia nut brittle. There we go. Uh, oh my gosh. Oh, mac- is- mac- macadamia coconut cacao nib brittle. That sounds outstanding. It's so easy. I'm telling you, you can make it in like 10 minutes. Ooh, it looks good too. It's dangerous. I mean, that is so good. See, now listen, Mm -hmm. I want to tell our listeners, there's one, two, three, four, five, six ingredients in this. Like, that's what Mm -hmm. I mean. This this book is very accessible in terms of ingredients like that. And the recipes are so easy to follow. That's fantastic. It it was really important for us. This is literally how we cook. Like, we're not... No, we want to get in, make the dish, and sit down and eat. Yep. Foodie. <laughs> uh, place for gourmet, you know, obviously. Um, but that's not how we cook every day, and we really wanted to, to, to show how we eat. So uh, another example is the, the, the pot pie, the mm. vegetable pie. Um, that's something that we've been making since I was a child. And that was one of the only ways that my mother could get me to eat vegetables without complaining. (laughs) Go mom. Yeah, my mom. And so that was a long stand. That's, that's a long standing recipe that we veganize, you know, using coconut milk and it is absolutely delicious. Um, And so that's also, you know, something that I make all the time. Well, do you have, do you have another favorite? No, please, please, please. No, no, they're, they're all, of, I mean, all of them, all of them are dishes we, we eat all the time. So I well, can go on and on. <laughs> Cause I was going to say, well, do you know what one of your mom's favorite are from it? Um, one of my mom's is the chili, that mm. three bean chili with cornbread. Um, that is actually her recipe. And, um, we eat, we eat a lot of, uh, of beans you know, in different types of dishes, just because they're so healthy. And we try, we try to get them in in creative ways. And she makes this big, this big pot of this three bean chili in the fall. And, you know, kind of lets it sit for a day. It's just nice and thick and really rich and spicy. So nothing's better than chili that sits for a day or so. And then you have it throughout the week. It's so nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, 
so, and then, you know, obviously the, the pecan pie is, is her tour de force in this book. Yeah. I can't wait to make that. You've also got a, uh, there's a whole smoothies and drinks chapter. So I feel like my impression is that Miss McWhorter's living a very balanced food life. So are you, do you have like a smoothie every day and do you have a go-to or you switch it up? Like what's some of your favorite beverages in here? Yeah, it's a good question. So both my mom and I drink green smoothies or some kind of green drink every day. So we try to have leafy greens at least three times or at least twice a day. um, And and the goal is three times. And so um, usually it's a dandelion drink for me. So Mm. I love dandelion greens. They are like my elixir. Um, They're like my coffee. They calm me down. They clean me out. And so I'll, I will have either dandelion and lemon or dand and water or dandelion in a smoothie with, with, uh, you know, some kind of berries and a banana and water. Um, and my mother will have, um, hers is, uh, is kale or collards or spinach. And she'll have that with, uh, lemon uh, and water or in a fruit smoothie too. So we kind of switch it up to just the greens and, and lemon and water or the greens with, with fruit in a smoothie. Um, and that's, yeah, that's usually every day year round. And we'll, and we try to make it really thick and kind of chew it, you know what I mean? Savor it, not gulp it down. Um, or eat it as a, as a, uh, kind of an acai bowl. It's a thick, um, you know, sure. We can, like spoon it. Yeah. Yeah, so that we, you know, because it's really important not to gulp it down, um, but to really let it mix with the saliva in your mouth and and uh, do all of that that it's that to simulate what it what would happen if you were eating an actual piece of fruit. Um, so, but yeah, we definitely do that every day. The mango lassi is one of my favorite mm. mango fruit. So I can't I can't drink that. I, I try to do that like maybe twice a month. It's my favorite fruit. Mango is my favorite. Yeah. So that, yeah, exactly. That mango lassi is, is uh decadent to me. Um, so I savor it. I can't do it all the time. Or I would just OD. Right. Right. Me too. Me too. It's, it's cool. You, you tell us about, you know, how you get your greens in and and how your mom does, because there's a great section in the beginning of this book where you sort of break down like what your everyday is in terms of food and what your mom's everyday is, which I always think is super helpful to people as well. Um, And I'm sure over the years together with your family, we talk about the pecan pie, your mother's veganized that, but is there something uh, other than the pecan pie that sort of comes back time and again for, from this book for special occasions or holidays that like your family is always asking you to make or anything of that nature? Yes, we actually have um, Thanksgiving. My my actual extended family, there are hundreds of us. My mother is one of 14 and in this area. So since, since before I was born, we get together for Thanksgiving every year. And we do bring vegan food um, with us. So I have to bring like two big kale salads. Um, <laughs> my family come in. And, uh, and we bring, um, so we'll, my mother makes, uh, tofu cutlets, um, with sage gravy. We make mac and cheese. Um, we make the, um, sauteed collards that are in there with the, uh, curry quinoa. Mm. Um, We make 
the um, we make the cornbread, and um, I usually make a lasagna. I mean, there's you know the lasagna in there. Sometimes I'll make a quiche, um, and the quiche is in there. But uh, those are those are the things that we you know that we try to bring the like the hearty sink your teeth into comfort foods. Sure. Yeah, that we bring. I mean, we don't try to like make a vegan turkey or you know right right like we used to. Sure. We've done it all. But um, yeah, we usually you know we'll make for the you know the mac and cheese, the quiche, the lasagna, something like that, or um. Sometimes I'll bring the pot pie, um, mm. but uh, usually it's, you know, it's going to be a big pan of lasagna or a couple of quiche. I mean, you really can't go wrong with that lasagna. Everybody is always, my mom came to visit a few weeks ago and I made a lasagna and we ate off of it for days and everyone, everyone yeah. was very satisfied. You know, everyone always feels like they're getting a hearty meal. I mean, cause they are, but, um, and, and you kind of get to play with lasagna when you make it every time you can, you know, you have your way of making it, but then you can toss this in or that in and all that stuff. So right. And based on what, based on what you have in yeah, the fridge. Exactly. And- yeah. And my mom's sweet potatoes. Um, that's the sweet potatoes and potato salad, like, you know, for cookouts. Yes. Um, yeah. All, always, um, we'll bring that. So, you know, it just, we, um, I guess we, you know, we don't have like, um, it's, it's whatever we're feeling like, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's not really the, um, it's not necessarily the holiday, but it's just there is a holiday, so we're going to go all out. And one of the one of our favorite things to do as a family, as an immediate family, is just get together and have brunch. We love brunch. Ooh, what's your favorite brunch <laughs> item? Uh, tofu scramble, mm-hmm. hash browns, um, the the one of the quiche. You know, some special quiche will make. Um, so usually for me, it's going to be, it's going to have spinach or, um, you know, broccoli florets in it. Um, we'll make waffles. We all love waffles. So we make homemade waffles, all different types, chocolate waffles, um, pecan waffles, uh, blueberry waffles. Watch out. I'm coming over for brunch next (laughs) time I'm in DC. Yeah, we really go for it. That's all my favorite stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, I love this book, Ageless Vegan, and um, I'm so honored you gave me some of your time today. I like to finish everything off with a book brag. Book brag! So I would love it. This is your book brag. If you can tell me something that, you know, that has made you proud with this book, Ageless Vegan, um, I would love for you to share that with us. It's your moment to brag. Okay, thank you. That that won't be hard. (laughs) (laughs) I will, I will say too, if that's okay. So the, the library journal, um, gave this a starred review and says it raises the level of plant-based cuisine. I love that. So I was very honored by that. Um, and then, uh, the other one is just that, um, you know, we talk about food that keep you ageless and that just means, you know, keep, keeps you healthy so that you're not deteriorating, you know, just cause you're aging. Um, and so we have, you know, what are called superfoods and we actually kind of break them down. What foods are good for keeping your brain sharp? What foods are good for keeping your skin smooth? What foods are good, um, 
what foods are good for um, strong bones, you know, that kind of thing. So that's the ageless component of it because, you know, I'm in my 50s and my mom is in her 80s. And so we really wanted to talk to the, to those um, women as well about what foods to, to continue to eat as you age that will help help you stay healthy. I love that. Well, this is a great resource. Um, like I've said, Ageless Vegan. And that was a great book, Braggs. By, by all means, brag away. I love it. Um, and now we're going into my favorite part. We've got the Baker's Dozen Rapid Fire Question Round. Tracy, are you ready? I think so. <laughs> all right, here we go. What's your favorite ingredient to cook with? Um, my favorite ingredient to cook with would be chickpeas, (laughs) chickpeas, chickpeas, chickpeas. final answer. I'm taking it. Chickpeas. And then waffles or pancakes? Waffles. I figured. And what's your favorite kind of apple? Uh, pink lady. That's a good one. Uh, marinara or pesto? Pesto. Favorite raw vegan dessert? Cheesecake. One of your proudest accomplishments? Um, that uh, um, I've been vegan 33 years. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> what is the last book you read? The last book I've read, um, I reread Song of Solomon by Toni Morrison. Great. And. By uh, so my my queen by any greens necessary queendom here. What is your favorite green? Dandelions. I I, I knew it. Um, what is your go to exercise of choice? Yoga. What is on your nightstand right now? My nightstand right now is um a um a Black Women's History of of the United States. Perfect. And favorite musical artist. Woo, Prince. Yes, and must have a tool in the kitchen. Uh, my Vitamix. Oh, I'm with you on that. And final question. If you could cook for any celebrity, who would it be? Oh, gosh. Eek! <laughs> <laughs> any celebrity, who would it be? Shaka Khan. There you go. Oh, I love it. That's great. You did it. You did it. Well done. Thank you. Excellent questions. <laughs> well, thank you again for being on the podcast. Everybody, by any greens necessary and ageless vegan available everywhere books are sold. Tracy, please tell everyone again where they can sign up for the 10,000 Black Vegan Women program. They can sign up at 10,000blackveganwomen.com and they can uh, go to byanygreensnecessary.com, either one. And where can we find you and keep up with the latest? What's the the best website is byanygreensnecessary.com for all things Tracy McWhorter? Yes. And uh-huh. where do we find you on social media? At byanygreens. I love it. Um, well, listen, you're the best. I really appreciate you taking the time today. And just thank you for being here and all you've done for the vegan movement. You are a, truly a trailblazer and I appreciate your time. Oh, thank you so much. I really, really enjoyed it. You're awesome. Thank you. You're the best. I hope to meet you in person one day. Yeah, that'll be great. We can definitely chow down when we do that. (laughs) I just adore that woman. I really do. Uh, She's an incredible story. Yeah, yeah. 
and from, I, from start to finish, and it's like she's not even she's not she's, even finished. She's not, and she, she's in the middle of it's it. It's almost like she's barely just begun because she's like, no, and I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. She just kind of is like here it's, and doing it. Yeah, she's a gift to the world. She's made such a difference. Uh, it's it's just so so honored to have her on the podcast. Well, and that and just when she when she became vegan. I mean, vegan, you know, in the eighties. Yes. Can you imagine? Even in 2020, there's still those like kind of dumb, baseless, like vegan jokes. Like in the 80s, I'm sure you got looked at like you had like 12 heads. Well, listen, you and I started dating in 2012. And I remember you, I was vegan at the time and you were not. And you were looking at me like I was the craziest person in the world. That's true. Because I come from a very uh, traditional Italian family that... He was very supportive, ladies and gentlemen. But you were kind of like, what do I do with this? Is like plates of meats. Like, that's like, that's a snack. So it's like, when we went on our first date, I was like, what? I, I literally, I, I think I didn't know what a vegan was. I think right. I knew what a vegetarian was. Sure. Um, but I did not even know what a vegan was and how hilarious I've been thrust into this world <laughs> that, um, you know, I now love. But you were so, you were so supportive. Um, and, and always we'd go on trips and stuff and you'd be the one looking up vegan restaurants. It was so cool. Uh, well, I mean, it, it, it's just come so far and I, and I, I loved your passion for it and food can still taste delicious, can sure. taste more delicious. Um, and it, and it doesn't involve, you know, bad things. It doesn't involve negative right. things. It's all positivity. It's all positive. It's about being, you've said this, which I love. It's about being inclusive. 100%. Like it's not about excluding things or people. It's about being, including everyone at the table. These people that are like, you know, like, oh, oh, it's vegan. So that means like I can eat there. No, like more people can eat there. Yeah. It's like with people with like allergies, like, you know, more than likely there's something at a vegan restaurant that you're going to be able to have if you have like serious allergies to certain things. Like, I just think it's so funny that people think it's so um, divisive right. when it is, it brings more people to the table. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, it's all about tapping into your resources. So when we talk about the eighties, um, uh, it sounds like she was just tapping into those resources. Um, and that's what everybody sort of has to do still, even now, even though it's, there's a lot more progress and many more things she's been tapping into them from the get go, you know? Well, it sounds like she had support from, her family. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Which I'm sure is is worth its weight in gold. So we uh, started something last week that I thought was kind of fun. Um, or just the, the of... last episode, right? Because these are all coming out like at the same time. <laughs> Sorry, we're like one of those. Uh, we can you can binge us, please. Yeah, binge we just us. have so many gifts. But um, <laughs> uh, on the last episode, um, I thought it would be fun to kind of uh, give some cooking positivity out there with like a tip from oh, you, uh, a Dustin's dish on something that you learned in the kitchen today, whether at home, whether at your job at Arden's Garden. Or, I don't know, something that you learned that you could kind of pass on to the listeners. Well, okay, you just said today, though. Does it have to be today? Because I actually, you sprung it on me last time, and now I'm prepared. If we're doing this every episode, I am prepared. No. Okay, cool. Because I'm going to give you a little tip that's one of my favorites. It's in uh, my last book and my current book coming out, uh, because it's my go-to when I'm putting cheese. Vegan cheese can be finicky, right? Like, when it comes to melting. I love that they all say, melts incredibly well, just like real cheese. Not totally true, Right. There have been some advancements, and they certainly melt, but um, one of the things I found to help me with my melt factor uh, when I make a grilled cheese or when I make 
a burger with cheese on top of it is um, when it's in, when I put it in the frying pan on whatever item, like I said, grilled cheese or burger, I then uh, splash a tablespoon of water on the edge of the hot skillet on the inside. And then I put a top over it right away and it builds up some steam and it melts that cheese perfectly. I'm telling you, you will make the best grilled cheese this way. Don't be worried about getting your bread wet. Because the minute you splash it on, it starts to evaporate. You just got to get that lid on right away to get the steam trapped in there so that it steams the cheese and melts it. I'm telling you, you will you will be amazed. You will be amazed, mother darling. So please give it a shot. And I will toss in David's dish oh. um, and say, if you are new to vegan cheese, don't use as much as you normally would oh, good, regular cheese. So like tip, if you honey. make a pizza... And I'll give a shout out to um, Diana DeGarmo, who um, sent me a message. It was like, uh, I made a cheese pizza with uh, Daya, and I used way too much. Yeah, you can use way too much of vegan cheese. So just make sure it's it's uh, probably about half of what you would normally use. And then just make sure you get some nice spices on there. I so love that's that. My little Welcome to Cheese Corner with David and Justin. I know, basically. Um, and uh, just a little name drop there. I want to talk about David for a minute. He has a history in the theater, darling. We've actually met on a Broadway mm-hmm. show. But he toured. Uh, he was the associate choreographer with Andy Blankenbuehler, who happens to be the choreographer of Hamilton. Okay, yes, David was like six degrees away from Hamilton. Um, two. 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 Two degrees away. But, you know, I, like I said before, I don't do math. He was two degrees away from Hamilton. But he worked on Joseph the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat uh, tour I 2014. Yeah, because it was right after... But the show closed. It and had closed. wife and husband duo, American Idol alum and superstars, Ace Young and Diana DeGarmo in the leads. So Ace playing Joseph and Diana playing um, the narrator. The narrator. And they were both amazing. And if you can find a bootleg of Diana doing the opening of Act Two, was that my favorite yes, thing in the world? A oh. Pharaoh story. If you oh. can if oh. you can find that Come on the internet. Oh, yes. yes. uh, it's so I was, good. I was in awe pretty much every every time, and and she's been kind of um, experimenting with uh, vegan cooking, and has gotten a lot of your cookbooks. Oh, hey, and has she been even, so supportive. Like, she recipe tested the scallion pancakes in the Simply Vegan cookbook, so she's a a bona fide vegan recipe tester. But listen, anyways, that's just a little bit about my sweet that's man a little, David. That's a little dish, a little dish, a little dish. And hey, let's talk about some free books, David. How can people get free cookbooks? Head to our reviews on Apple Podcasts from now until November 10th. Please, please, please um, head over to Keep on Cooking Pod on Apple Podcasts and just rate, review, and subscribe. Do all three. Go all in on us and we'll go all in on you. Whoa, um, David, I, Well, you know, I just like to make a commitment when we, when we can. <laughs> so um, every person who rates and reviews got to do both will be entered in a raffle for a cookbook so you should uh should do it you know get everybody that you can to do it um and just really it, it really does every review especially yeah. starting out in every the beginning single stages. review really does make a difference for a a new podcast that's kind of trying to make a trying to make a splash yeah it'll really help us and uh we appreciate you and we appreciate you guys just taking the time to listen today we know your time is valuable Mm -hmm. and there's lots of things you could be putting in your ear holes so we appreciate this podcast was one of them today (laughs) wow it's food for your ears that was a little (laughs) 
little after dark. I know. I think that we need to bring it down. I think I we're, we're a little down. tired. We, bring it we need to rest. We're, we we're, we're, we're going to go watch some TV. So listen. Hey, where, where can they follow you? <laughs> I, think, I think they want to know. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at The Vegan Roadie. Of course, you can always check out my Twitter too, but it's really just stuff being posted from Instagram to there. So Follow me on both. Why not? And find out more about us and the podcast at veganroadie.com. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and we'll see you next Tuesday. And hey, keep on cooking. And remember, it's nice to be nice. This has been a Muzzy Cat production. <laughs>